Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Hey, Jen. Hey, Allie. Oh, I guess I wasn't receiving your messages. I'm I thought at my you phone, ditched like, me. No. Shit. I was like, wow. Wow. Okay, first of all, you can't get rid of me that easy. Okay, that's not... <laughs> That's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so how is the rest of your day been, though? Super. You know, yeah. it's um, yesterday was a beautiful day. It was like a springy kind of day. And then, you know, last night it showed its true colors and it's we're close to winter. Yes. Creeping it, up. It's actually really cold this morning because... Um, Mike and I walk the dog every morning. And it was cold. Although I must say, okay, so I have two coats. There's the coat I wear out in public and then the coat I wear to work because things get dirty when I take it to work. And so it has its own special coat. But that coat that I take to work, I think I spent like $50 on it at like a Costco or something. It's a men's coat. And it's amazing. I mean, other than it's an ugly men's coat, it is like amazingly warm. I I'm look just, at it this way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it's ugly. If it's warm, it's warm. Like, I'm looking at this this year. You know, I haven't bought a new coat, in, like a real winter coat, in years. Okay. And this year I have to. And I have looked for those ones that are really long. Oh, yeah. Down close to my feet. Yeah. I'm going to look like an idiot. They're ugly, but I am buying them. But I feel that in my soul, because how many times do you step out of your car in the wintertime in Michigan, and it is, like, so cold, you can hear your pores snap shut, like, trying to save your life and not, you know, cause you to die of hypothermia. Yeah, I also, right. when I look at those coats, I was like, I see why you wear them. I know why. Yeah, and I, you know, I already know that a long coat, it's going to be dirty and disgusting and oh, whatever. Because yeah, you get out of your car, it's all disgusting, and you know, but you know what? there's, it's, a, it's there's a washing machine. Just throw it in the washing machine, or get it, throw it to the cleaners, and just start again. Start fresh. Get it dirty right. all over I'm, again. <laughs> I made one mistake. I had never owned. Um, I did own a white coat years ago when I was in high school, but I did buy a white short coat last year, and it lasted like a week before it looked disgusting. So I've been looking for like brown and black good idea well you what you what you need is a mottled colored one because don't forget there's the salt from the roads is also going to screw your coat up along with the dirt that gets caught in the salt so you're going to need something that's like camouflage you get a giant camouflage shirt right it should be a coat and it should be fine yeah i'm, I'm gonna you. look ridiculous but it's, i'm gonna be warm end yeah. of story yeah, I'm with you on that. I will look yeah, totally stupid and have no care. Although you want to know what the one thing I am completely into, and I can't help it, and I'm probably up to at least 20 at this point. I hmm. love different face masks. You know, that's yeah. like those. Yeah, since we, I have to wear them at work. So I buy all sorts of different funny masks. And as someone who is not into fashion, I buy one every time I go to the store. And your brother doesn't stop me. <laughs> so, <laughs> just keeps happening <laughs> i i have a lot of masks but that's because i swear to god i can't keep track of them whatsoever 
Like there was a couple weeks ago. This is my life. A couple weeks ago, I get in the car. I know my mask is on my lap. Okay. I'm a passenger in this car. All right. I don't get out of this car. I, you know, the driver did. He got out. I, we make it to where we're going. Where's my mask? I literally didn't leave the seat and I lost my mask. I got out of the car. I'm looking everywhere. Cannot find this mask. Like I didn't freaking leave the car. It wasn't until the next day. Miraculously, it was like on the side back and it's like, oh my God, that's me. And so I own a lot for that reason, but I did because I'm, you know, do it. I was looking for some stuff and I stumbled upon some really good IT masks because we're having a costume contest at work. So I was actually looking for costume for this year. Uh And then, but I stumbled upon these masks and they say, like, I fixed computers. What did you screw up now? Like, (gasps) it's like, oh my God, this is my life. And I, (laughs) there's one I decided I am going to buy and it's like, talk data to me oh that is awesome that is cool see i thought i was super proud that the one i bought last night looks like darth vader so you're the part that goes over your face looks like darth vader's face (laughs) oh that's cool i thought that was really cool like i have one that looks like a jack-o'-lantern and everyone's like oh you know you can't wear it past halloween watch me okay first oh yeah like what is that you can't wear white after labor day yeah i do what i want people i am no fashion (laughs) uh, type of model in any way i can do whatever i want i I I, I was like is it weird to see a face on my face for the jack-o'-lantern one they're like no but it's funny i'm like okay right oh yeah there's some cool ones unfortunately i mean i'm gonna buy this one but i'm gonna lose it end of story like it's just not even. It's just it's a matter disappear. of when. It's like when you go to the laundry mat. Like when I was young, you know, not younger, but in my twenties, went to the laundry mat. I swear to God, every time I pushed it in the washer, and it, and I pulled it out of the dryer, it was missing. Right. Like where'd my side? It's like there's a hole, <laughs> and the, and something ate it. The dryer, the washer, one or the other ate that shit. And that's how <laughs> I feel about my mat. Like, I actually bought a basket because I was watching this YouTube video of this lady that organizes. And, of course, it's a newer video, so it's math. And she had a basket in front of her door for the math. And you just dump it in there. And I'm like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try to just be able to walk in the house and dump it instead of putting it in the 18,000 bags I carry in my briefcase, in my purse. It's right. I'm gonna try my best to not okay. lose this one. You can do this. All right, I got faith. You can do this. What are you gonna talk about today? Um, uh, haunted bridges. I thought oh. you know this is it's still kind of spooky season ish. Do some haunted bridges. I'm gonna talk about the murder of Heather Young in Onaway, Michigan, in 2016. So why don't you go first and I'll be like the palate cleanser. I have a lot of urban legends. I don't, well, okay. So I do urban legends, people who died on the Mackinac Bridge, urban legends, because, <laughs> you know, you know I crossed that ease bridge. It, ease it into the ending. Yeah, no, yeah, you are not. You will All not. Right. I bet you won't. 
<laughs> I bet you won't. <laughs> so I they said, well, I mean you'll do your story at the end, but let me just say this. Yeah. I have told people I'm not gonna cross that bridge. I'm scared of bridges. People fall off the bridge. It's ridiculous. I don't feel like you can should be able to see through a bridge. Okay. And they said, Well, no worries. They'll drive you across. I said, Will they drive me across? While I'm on the floorboard of the car crying and peeing on myself, <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm good. Right? You're like, so. is there any way someone can wrap me in a blanket? <laughs> you better be crossing that goddamn thing when I'm sleeping. Right? And hope I don't wake up. Right? Um, yeah. So Heather. Heather, okay. was, Heather was a mother of three. She was 42. Okay. She lived with her boyfriend in... Terry Gary. Terry Gary? Terry Gary. You know Terry Gary got teased for that. I know, right? Yes. And so they didn't live in Onaway. This is where she, Onaway was where she went missing. Okay. And she she was found murdered. So just to clarify that, because I don't think I do throughout the story. So Heather was leaving for a trip to Onaway. Well, I did right there. (laughs) with her boyfriend the trip was so heather could meet and get to know terry's daughter the trip the trip wasn't going as well as she expected there was some arguing and an argument caused terry to side with his daughter and then her daughter supposedly asked her to leave and so between these two issues, you know, between the issue, between uh, a lot of betweens, okay. Heather <laughs> Terry had an issue, of course, because he sided with her, his daughter. Uh-huh. And Heather decided to leave before okay. she left. They broke up. So it was a crazy so this vacation. This vacation just immediately went sideways. <laughs> They're like, right. we're going to have a great time. And then like uh, the next day, we're breaking up. <laughs> yep, we're breaking up. And then Heather stated, supposedly, she was going to drive to her mother's. Okay. So, but she never arrives at her mother's. Okay. Disappears. So the police find her vehicle in the parking lot, in a parking lot in Onaway. I don't know what parking lot, but in a parking lot. Onaway, supposedly, from what I gather, is mm-hmm. like a small town. Like so, there's how, six parking lots to choose from anyway. Yeah, like how you <laughs> drive through Hell, Michigan, and it's a, two blocks. Yeah, and it's very rural. Like you know, people live in cabins and you know trailers in the middle of a freaking forest. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like just in the middle of nowhere. Um, the police focus on a local bar because that is the only bar. Let's go. <laughs> There's only one bar, so it kind of right. narrowed down where they get to look. I get it. Okay. Right. I mean, I even got the sense that that's where everybody eats. Okay. Like, so it's one of those bar restaurant deals. Yeah. She was there having a drink. Okay. She pours her heart out to a resident. His name is Brenton Walker. He's age 55. Um, and she mentions that she needs a place to stay for the night. It's late. And the guy offered his spare room. Okay. 
So when the police talked to him, the guy stated she left before he got up and that she did almost all of the talking at the bar. He described her as being like, like she was scared of her boyfriend. Okay. He doesn't know why. That's just a feeling that he got. Right. And then the, so, and then now the police interviewed Terry, her, yeah. her ex-boyfriend. He said there was no fighting. He didn't hit her. And after the interview with the police, the police did decide that he wasn't a suspect anymore. So somehow in this interview, they manages to figure out whatever they managed to figure out that he's not, he's not a part of that timeline. Okay. Yeah. And so the police then turn their focus back to Brenton Walker because now they believe Brenton Walker knows more than what he was saying. Yeah. Because now at this point, he's the last one to see her alive and who's always suspicious. Right. Last one to see him alive. (laughs) Right. And so somehow they got, you know, I think it was because she was missing, you know, like a missing Uh person and then turned into something, you know, when it turned into the, they knew something had to have happened to her. Okay. They were able to get a search warrant for Brent Walker's home. Okay. And then, of course, that opens a whole bunch of... uh, cans of worms they had he had firearm there was blood in his house <gasps> there was a burn pit where what? they found human remains and heather's jewelry oh yeah <sighs> so it didn't you know obviously brenton is there w- when they are doing the search and of course like what do you say right i know it's right? clearly her <laughs> shit Yes. So this Brenton said that when they got to his house, her him and Heather, her ongoing blaming of her ex boyfriend triggered something. Maybe because his past girlfriends, you know, did the blame game. Well maybe you're a psychopath. (laughs) Right. And he shot her. He thought about taking her to the hospital but then thought, you know, he had came to the point of no return he then explains how he burned her body cuts her up with a chainsaw after dismantling her he dumps her in the woods jesus so he like in things i read he says this is all because of you know his past he's thought about it his, something about his ex-wife, like she acted like his ex-wife blaming, you know, wow. how she blamed her boyfriend and his ex-wife blamed him and all this stuff. And so he just did it. It was. Well, don't there be a are, bitch, man. Ugh. Yeah. There are <laughs> YouTube videos uh-huh. of his sentencing, you know, when the family he gets to talk and then the family gets to read their statements or talk to them this Mm -hmm. guy was laughing this guy was calling heather you know that she was a whore and like she deserved what she got he was saying things on 
these YouTube videos I was watching, you could see him like telling, you know, just mocking them, the family as they talked. And wow, the daughter got so upset she had to be removed from. She was removed from the courtroom. I bet. Dude. Like he was just like you could tell. Like this dude, he was proud of himself. Oh my god! And he and I believe there is a part in one of the videos of the sentencing where he says, you know, he was proud of himself because he thought, you know, he was going to do something. He mm-hmm. executed it and did it, and he's proud of himself that followed through and oh i'm like God. for god's sakes wow somebody didn't get hugged enough as a kid that you're Ooh. happy that this is your one life accomplishment like sad as yeah fuck, you i mean psycho. this this guy was freaking creepy and i'm gonna say you know he was he's creepy looking and who goes you don't know anybody who goes home with somebody oh people like, are what raised is she different oh no uh, people are raised different dude mm-hmm. no Oh, I don't know. Well, Benton, Brenton, I said Benton, uh-huh. Brenton, Brenton pled guilty. He said he was proud of what he um, did and he didn't feel bad about it. And he was sentenced to 45 to 70 years. Oh, my gosh. You got to You got to 45 uh, like before he can be paroled. Yeah, 45. And how, and how old is he again? He's in his fifties, oh, right? Fifty-five or something. You said he's gonna, yeah, fifty-five. He'll, he he'll gonna be, die. He's gonna die in there. He gonna die in there. Yeah. You're gonna have to look up the the his name and sentencing and watch some of these um, news stations recordings of of him. I mean, it is just like I have Creepy to say, shit. yeah, like I don't think we've seen anything like that before, like. Wow, you you really like you followed through like you fucking yeah. What the fuck like, is wrong with you that you, you know that that's your project one... and you you redid your house and you followed through? It's like you fucking killed somebody. Yeah, like, and this is what you're proud of. Oh my god, you're a sick fuck. Yeah, obviously someone did not get hugged enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is your one accomplishment. You sad shit. <laughs> oh my god! And then I thought to myself, oh you. You're upset that your ex-wife blames you for things. I'm pretty goddamn sure she's in the right. I'm sure it's your fault. Oh, yeah, as I say, considering your behavior, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's right on. And she's lucky to have gotten away. <laughs> right. So, okay, uh, tell me about Bridges. Here are some Bridges. And I know you're not exactly a Bridge fan. No, I'm not. Okay. But a lot of these Bridges aren't, like, super tall. I'm thinking it it doesn't need to be. Yeah, well, to kill you, I guess it doesn't need to be tall. See? (laughs) Is what we're learning here, I guess. So you're just going to help my argument. Go ahead. I'm I'm so sorry. I know. It's just going to make this worse. I'm so sorry. Okay, so there's the Crawford Road Bridge, and that's uh, in Cass City. There's a bridge that this young lady died on. It's Of course, it's it's an urban legend, maybe, probably. This young lady dies on it over 100 years ago. And according to like local lore, she has been traveling. Um, she's traveling across this bridge and she has this issue with her buggy. The wheel slips off the wooden planks and it causes the buggy to fall off and it like flips and traps her underneath it. 
and she drowns because the buggy's you know pushing her down and she doesn't have the strength to push them her and the buggy up and the water's only like two feet high and it still manages to drown her because of the, bu the buggy pushing her down that she's trapped underneath so on foggy nights people driving over that bridge can see her hand reaching up trying to find help and you can hear her cries for help if you're quiet enough is the story that's creepy yeah that is creepy a lot of these are urban legends fyi but the thing about urban legends there's always like a kernel of truth somewhere in there so something you know may have happened maybe not this necessarily or maybe even this but i always think that you know there's a little kernel of truth at each one mm-hmm Okay, so this is the um, Adrian train trestle. So there's a trestle bridge in Adrian, Michigan. They're all in Michigan. And then it currently expands this dirt road, and it's part of the Bailey Highway. And it, there's this cement supports, and they're just covered in graffiti, which I'm actually it looks kind of good. Some people have some talent. <laughs> and this le the legend of this br bridge includes being able to hear the screams of a young woman late at night. And the story that accompanies it is the bridge, by the bridge was this farmhouse and the barn kitchen is on fire for some accident, we don't know why. The farmer is trying to save his animals and he ends up dying in the fire. He's trying to get them out of the barn, but the barn's on fire. And at the same time he's dying in his barn fire, his young wife carrying their infant child are running toward the railroad tracks, trying to flag down this passing train to get some help. And as she gets near the tracks, she trips and falls and the train strikes her and kills her and the baby. And the legend is the the ghost is the farmer's spirit looking for his family and hearing the screams of his of his dying wife. Mm. Uh -huh. You like that one? Okay, now yeah. I'm going to sp spend a minute talking about the different people that died on the Mackinac Bridge and then um, what ghosts they think they see. So the Mackinac Bridge, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the Mackinac Bridge. It's a suspension bridge. It sp spans our lower and upper peninsulas. And it became open to automobile traffic November 1st, 1957. It's about five miles long. And it terrifies you. <laughs> you specifically. <laughs> yep. So five guys during, died during construction. And uh, the first one was Frank Pepper, September 10th, 1957. Four. He died because he came to, up too quickly from a deep dive and he suffered a fatal case of the bends. And that's a condition that's painful. It's fatal. It's created when you try to decompress too fast because, you know, when you're underwater, there's a lot of pressure on you. The farther down you are, the more pressure. And then, the you know, the farther up you come, the less pressure. And if you don't equalize it, you'll get little bubble uh, bubbles in your blood and it kills you. And that's how oh. Frank died. Poor Frank Pepper. But, Frank, I do like your last name. I think Pepper is a super cool name. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly one month later, October 10th, 1954, James Lesage dies when he fell into a caisson. And during that 40-foot drop, he hits his head on steel beams, which is, like, basically what causes his death. Like, even if the fall didn't kill him, just hitting his head would have done it. And two weeks after James dies, um, or... Yeah, I think it's two weeks or five days. Oh, shit, because I can't even read what I wrote. But <laughs> just know that <laughs> Albert Abbott fell, and he fell into about four, four feet down, but he fell into the water, and he died of drowning because they couldn't reach him. I'm going to mm -hmm. guess he couldn't swim. I don't know. Right. But after that, nobody dies for almost two years, none of the workers. 
and they just have like all of a sudden just like a big spate of people dying and then it stops until june of 1956 jack baker and robert copen they're standing on these wooden planks that they're using for supports and the plank just cracks and the two guys fall 400 feet into the water and they they're not sure if they died from the fall or they're drowning in, but in the end, only Jack Baker's body is found. They never do find Robert. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then almost, yeah, 20 years goes by. Nobody dies. Then in 1978, these three Marine reservists, reservists, they're on this plane. They maybe didn't see it. Maybe the conditions weren't that great. But they definitely got too close to the bridge and somehow sheared the wings off their plane. And then they crashed, killing all three of them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, the bridge is closed to foot traffic. You're not allowed to walk across this bridge. And that's why they say there's actually not as many suicides on the Mackinac Bridge as there is on, like, say, something like the Golden State Bridge. Because you can walk across the Golden State Bridge. So if you see somebody walking, that's no big deal. They might, you don't know that they might jump later. But if you see somebody walking down Mackinac, you know that they, they're not supposed to be there, right? So... You yeah. can't ride a bicycle down it or anything? No, except for oh, once a year. Only in vehicles. Yeah, only vehicles. Okay. Except for once a year, you can cross the Mackinac Bridge on foot. So, the, okay, so, and they say they're about, <laughs> okay, so in 1997, I don't want to tell you this, this guy is participating in the annual bridge walk, and for some reason, he just suddenly jumps. And they don't know, and like a lot of people saw him do it. They don't know if he was actually committing suicide or maybe he wasn't aware of how high he was up. And he just, you know, on impulse, tried to jump into the water, but he died. I the don't think you just on impulse jump into water off of a bridge. Yeah. Some people have like sake. impulse issues. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Some of us have we'll, ADD. We'll I mean, not we'll that I would accidentally back. jump off that bridge. There's no X. No. I might accidentally forever stay in the middle. <laughs> but yeah. So do you remember when we talked about this lady, Leslie Pluhar? She was driving across the bridge in mm -hmm. 1989. She had her 1987 Yugo and it was blown off the bridge. Yep. And she survives the drop from the bridge to the water, but then they think that she drowns as her car sinks to the bottom. And I don't know if I've ever told you, but being in a car that gets submerged underwater is my nightmare that is my nightmare i hate that because if you can't get out before if you can't get out of the window before the water's up to the window you have to wait until the car is fully submerged so then it's equally pressure there's equal pressure on either side of the door so that you can open it and that's holding your breath for a long time and i think because i had smoked for i'd been a smoker for so long that i'm terrified of having to hold my breath for that long and i'm like i would just die i would just drown in the car right Oh, that's some nightmare shit to me. All right, but back to the bridge. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about the bridge. So there's another worker. This painter dies in 1997. Daniel Doyle, he loses his balance and he falls into the water. And he, like, survives the initial fall, but the shock sets in. And along with the cold, ultimately he drowns. And 1997, there's actually another death, which is another car. This was a Bronco. And it's officially, it's a ruled as a suicide. There was a Bronco. It starts to speed. It's doing about 65 miles an hour on the bridge. And all of a sudden, the driver just takes this hard right turn. 
and crashes into the railing and it flips over and it lands on the ice below and cracks and goes under. And inside was Richard Darabant. He was 25 years old. And yeah, it's in March. So yeah, there was the ice there. They didn't see any sign of Richard trying to stop the vehicle or even slow it down. So that's why it's ruled as a suicide. But his family believes that he would not commit suicide. And that the truck went off the bridge because of design flaws in the bridge. Because remember the Yugo lady? Yeah. So they're like, yeah, nope, see, there's a problem there. And they're like, no, there's no evidence that he tried to stop and he was speeding. All right. See, the worst case of probable suicide on Mackinac Bridge also includes a homicide. So Mindy Lou Arnett, she's 20 years old. She's from St. Ignace, Michigan. And she always had mental health stability issues. And she had limited care of her daughter, Jersey. Like, literally, she gave birth and her daughter was immediately being taken care of by her sister. And she has, like, limited time with her. Well, on August 4, 2002, her sister and her husband go out to have dinner and allow Mindy Lou to watch the baby. And at this point, her daughter's six months old. And so for just that short time, they're together. And when the sister comes home, Mindy's gone. Mindy had driven to the Mackinac Bridge. And her car is found deserted on the side of the bridge with a half-empty baby bottle in the car. And another driver said that when he drove by, he saw Mindy standing outside the car reaching in for something when he passed her. And they assume, authorities assume, Mindy left off the bridge while holding her daughter, Jersey, and that's and that their bodies that's why their bodies were never located. So oh, I think that's, that's the saddest fucking one. In two thousand seven, at three separate times people jumped from the bridge. And in two thousand nine, Brandy Hoffman, she was twenty four years old and from Shepherd, Michigan, she committed suicide on the bridge. Around three AM she pulls her car over to the side and people just watch her get out of the car and basically vault over the railing and into the water. And in 2010, a nurse from Gaylord, Michigan, committed suicide. New Year's Eve leading into 2013, a car was found parked near the middle of the bridge after receiving word of a female jumper. And I couldn't find an article that discussed the end of the search. They're saying, we have a car here. We have someone who said they witnessed a female jumping in, but then I can't find the follow-up article like body found or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So four months later, April 2013, a man from Petoskey jumped from the bridge into the water. That was about 40 degrees Fahrenheit at the time, which is like 4.44 degrees Celsius. He was still alive when they found him. The strong water currents had pulled him about a mile from the bridge. And the Coast Guard pulled him out of the water and he had to go to the hospital, but he survived. Jumping in. Wow. Yeah. And in April of 2014, a person from Livingston County committed suicide by jumping. So the bridge is said to be haunted by different ghosts, but Mindy Lou and her baby Jersey are the two that are most often heard. Some drivers claim that they can hear a woman crying while they drive across the bridge, and then they can also hear like a baby crying with her. And then other people say that they can see glimpses of people standing on the edge of the bridge when they drive by, but when they look in their rearview mirror, nobody's there. Dun, dun, dun. Creepy. Yeah. So here's the Morrow Road Bridge. In Algonac, near Harsons Island in the 1800s, a woman and her child die. This is a, um, an urban legend, right? Or partial true. We're here. A woman and her child die in the cold of the night. It was really dark out. It was really cold. The toddler had somehow managed to leave the house and wandered off and froze to death. And the baby's mother, looking for her child, 
um, is what haunts the nearby bridge. There's two versions on how the mother died. And one, she's frozen to death at the same night that her, frozen to death the same night as her little baby did because she refused to stop looking and she also freezes to death. And in the second story, the mom does find the baby. She becomes overcome. She becomes uh, overcome with despair and she hangs herself from the tree where she found her baby. So the legend says that if you park at night and um, at the bridge where near the baby died and you honk your horn three times, the mother spirit will arrive at your car and she'll ask you if you've seen her baby. And the ghost will appear in a gown and holding her dead child. And it is also said that sometimes a green light will chase people away from the bridge. But do you want, you want to know what I have to say about that? Yeah. So I believe like in the 1800s, at some point in the 1800s, a baby walks off from the cabin it lives in and it freezes to death at night. I get that. It's actually happened in modern times. But how would she know about the honking? There were no cars. Right. <laughs> how would right. she know that if a car honks to come out? That is the fake part. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this last one is actually one I did as like a piddly podcast back in 2018. It was like maybe our first one or something. But I do love this urban legend. I just want to tell it one more time, especially since it is near um, Halloween. But are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, there is a prominent era, uh, family that lives in this area named Frisk. But this is straight up an urban legend. This isn't the real Frisk family. And this story is about Elias Frisk. During the 1800s, children <laughs> in the area began to disappear. And Worrystown people decided to organize a search for <clears throat> search parties. So they want to check out the wooded areas. They're going to do like one big push to find out what's happening to these children. And so they asked this old man, kindly old Elias Frisk, if he'll watch their children while they do this the search for this, whoever might be taking the children. So he tells the kids, you know, Hey, let's go for a walk. You know, I don't want to lose any of you. So let me just like tie you all together. That way nobody can walk off and we'll all be safe together. And he walks them out of the woods and towards the river. And the closer they get to the river, the kids notice this horrible smell. And that's when Elias uncovers a few shallow graves and he sees and he shows the other children the bodies of their friends. He's the one that's been killing the children. Oh. And these kids are all tied together so they can't get away. And since their parents are out searching different areas, nobody hears their cries for help. And he starts to kill these kids, throwing their bodies into the river after they die. And by now, the parents have, miss have noticed that the kids are missing. And they begin to search. And they find the children's bodies floating in the river. And they see these footsteps that lead them deeper in the woods. And then they make it to Elias. And he is just covered in blood. And he's babbling. And he's telling everybody that a demon made me do it. And the parents just incensed over the death of their children. Use the rope that Elias used to tie up the children. And they hang him from the bridge. And once he was dead, the river's water swelled up, snaps the rope, and pulls the body away. And his body was never seen again. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Well, okay. So the bridge is real, but the story is an urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The current bridge, it looks like a, it looks like this long, flat metal grate. It's like two feet wide. I don't know. Like hip, hip, hip wide. And it has no handrails at all. And it's just this narrow metal footbridge in Rockford, Michigan. 
and it actually crosses over the Rouge River in the middle of the woods, and it replaced the stone bridge that was actually, that was supposed to be the, the site of the slaughter. And hmm. the legend still stands that if you stay in the middle of the bridge at midnight, you may hear children laughing, screaming, or crying. And the sound of footsteps crossing the bridge have been reported with a ghost with red glowing eyes in the area. Creepy. Uh-huh. Did I scare you? Yeah. I bet I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen. Uh, I will talk to you later. All right. Bye. Okay. You know what, though? What? The next one I'm going to tell you, it's uh, our next episode is going to be number 100. What? Yep. And I got, something, yeah, I got something for you. So I don't want to say, but I do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Contact us at anchor or Michigan and other mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.